Hi there, and welcome to Garage Night Retro Tech Edition. Have you ever wanted to have a boat and a car, but you really don't have room for both? Well, I think the Amphicar is your answer. This week, we're going to be talking about the Amphicar 770. Amphicar was a car manufacturer that launched in 1961 and introduced their Amphicar 770 at the New York Auto Show. The car was produced until 1968 and was built in West Germany. It had the remarkable feature of being able to drive on both land and water. It was the very first amphibious vehicle design uh, marketed to an open public, and it actually specifically targeted an American audience. The car's styling was very reminiscent of a 1957 Chevy. It had large fins on the back, nice swooping body lines, and it actually had on the on the hood it had some navigation lights that were required by law for driving on the water and a flag in the rear for visibility the fins actually served as dual purpose so when the car was driving in the water the fins would actually serve as a wave breaker to essentially prevent water from entering the engine speaking of the engine the engine was rear-mounted and was uh, a Triumph 1147 43-horsepower four-cylinder, and it was mated to a four-speed manual synchromesh transmission. Now, that was this transmission that's used during normal road use, but the, the car also featured a second transmission that was used for water use. And this transmission was hooked directly to two propellers that were located below the rear bumper. And this transmission uh, was was uh, used to engage both forward and reverse while driving in the water. So if you wanted to drive this thing in the water, you would drive it drive it down into the water, disengage the, the uh, four-speed road-going transmission, put that in neutral, and then engage the two-speed transmission for uh, piloting on water. Now, the name 770 came from the speeds that the car was able to achieve. Uh, the the first models had were only able to achieve about seven knots on water, which is about eight miles an hour, and seventy miles an hour on land. And later, the the car's uh, engine displacement increased to fourteen ninety three, and they were able to actually achieve up to seventy five horsepower, which improved that top speed. So, one of the downsides of this car was, as you can imagine, driving it into the water constantly, is you have to lubricate a bunch of things. Uh, just kind of recurring anytime you drive it in the water. So you'd have to lubricate the ball joints, the tie rods, grease all these different points in the car after subjecting it to water, especially if it's salt water. Um, the, uh, the front section of the body is very sloping and underneath the car, you can kind of see it resembles the hull of a boat. So it's kind of sloped back underneath the car the doors and uh, and underneath the doors the rocker panel sections a little bit longer same with the tail pan and that's just to provide extra buoyancy and and create kind of that extra water break there so when the when the car sits down on the water you're actually up off the water a little bit further uh, than you would otherwise be uh, the roof on the car was actually foldable and would allow you uh, to drive with the, with the top down both uh, on the water and during motoring um, there were extra seals added to the doors, and uh, there were these cammed levers on the doors that you can engage that would prevent kind of the, the if the latch was a little sloppy, these levers would cam over and, and crush those seals down really tight so you wouldn't leak while you were driving. Um, 
the uh, the engine, as I said before, was rear mounted, and it had two different gear levers: uh, one for the one for the for the water drive transmission, and one for the for the road going transmission. And um, you would have to, when you when you entered the water, you would have to make sure that 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 four speed was disengaged before engaging the the uh, two speed water drive transmission, or else you could uh, damage the the inner workings of the transmission. And the same thing when you were pulling the the car out of the water, you want to make sure that the propeller was disengaged before engaging the four-speed uh, road-going transmission. And this actually proved to be quite challenging for a lot of owners of the Amphicar. Was the engine was located in the rear, but when you wanted to exit the water, you wanted to drive straight onto the water. And if it was a relatively steep ramp, and you had the propellers disengaged, well, that makes it really difficult to engage those those rear wheels and go forward when you have no propulsion. So it's kind of tricky to, to, uh, to unlaunch them or, or reintroduce them to, uh, to the road setting. Um, very, very neat looking car. I really, really, after watching some of these videos on them, I really want one now. It looks quite fun uh, in the summer months to be able to just go drive your car down to the water and go tool around and, and whatnot. Um, unfortunately, these cars are, are notoriously uh, leaky, especially after all of these years. So to get one road or uh, seaworthy is quite a quite a challenge. And they had um, inside of the hull of the car, they would have a bilge pump that would run constantly when the engine was running. But if you shut the engine off and the bilge pump stops running, um, it, it can actually uh, cause the car to sink uh, if you're not careful. So it, unless your car is completely watertight, uh, they're very well, uh, very, very known for uh, bringing water in when they were shut down. So um, uh, if, if you plan on restoring one of these, make sure you invest in a, in a good bilge system. Um, some, some notable things about this car was uh, President Lyndon B. Johnson actually owned a 1965 AMF car. And according to what I've been able to read, he would, uh, he would tell his guests that uh, they would all get in the car and go for a drive. And he would drive it down towards the lake and, and he would say, oh no, I have no brakes. And he would just scare the, scare the crap out of the guests and they, wouldn't, they would, they would uh, have a moment of terror while he crashed into the water and then engaged the propellers and putted them around his, his little uh, lake there, which was uh, quite hilarious. That sounds pretty good. Um, another interesting thing is uh, in 1965, two of these Amphicars crossed the English Channel. Um, it was very notable because there were large 20-foot uh, swells and gale force winds, and they still made it, which was pretty impressive. So from a lot of what I've gathered from these cars, they weren't very good driving on the road. They weren't very good driving on water, but they're pretty neat that they can do both and just kind of shows a testament to the innovation at the time, you know, and, and they weren't the very first AMF car ever produced either. Uh, they actually came on the heels of the Volkswagen Schwimmwagen, which was a uh, military exclusive uh, amphibious vehicle, but it was very small, like kind of uh, reminiscent of the Volks, uh, Volkswagen thing, that kind of size and uh, was uh, was exclusively used by uh, German troops during the Second World War. But this was the first, uh, amp the Amphicar was the first one marketed to the, to the general public. And uh, I, would, I would highly recommend someone getting out there, finding one and restoring it because they're really neat. And it's a great fun for the family to get out there and, and go for a drive and then maybe stop off by the river and go for a little boat. So uh, 
very, very neat little stuff and uh, uh, just a really neat card to research. And I really encourage you to look these up. They're really cool. So with that, um, that's it for this week's uh, Retro Tech. Uh, please stay tuned for the, uh, the regular Garage Night episode coming up this Thursday. And be sure to check out all the other Tiny, Tiny Dog podcasts. And have yourselves a great day. Thank you.